You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. A lot of you know I do a lot of reading. I still average about two books a week. The last year and a half, there's been a big focus on health books, but I always continue to read books on business and leadership and goal setting and personal development and everything I can get my hands on. And I'm working on a book right now that on the surface seems so simple that I thought, how did you write an entire book about this? But it's one of those topics that seems really, really simple on the surface, but can be incredibly powerful. And it's not even the first time I've been exposed or read about this idea. I just haven't read it in a way that worked as well as what I'm understanding in this book. So I've always been interested in and fascinated by ways to get more done, be more productive. I I have so many ideas, so many things I want to do to help people. Our biggest challenge is just time and resources. How do you get to all you'd like to get to? And sometimes what happens when you think that way is the exact opposite happens. You have so many ideas and you're trying to work on so many things that you don't get as much done as you could. And that's what this book is all about. It's called The One Thing. Just the one thing. And the concept is that you decide at any given time what is the one thing that you could do that would create the biggest impact. Now, that sounds really simple. It, it really is a better way of writing and prioritizing goals, which is something I talk about all the time here, something I work on a lot. I spend a lot of time at the CMC helping people write better goals and stay focused. This is another take, another twist, another tool on setting really effective goals and then prioritizing those goals so that we're not running off chasing all kinds of things. So you could use this for long-term, medium-term, short-term, which is how I help people and teach them how to set goals. So for example, if I were to look at my big project list right now, no lie, I've got 10 big projects on there. When I say big projects, I'm talking about stuff that will take at least three months to get finished. So if you think about that, at least three months, and I have 10 of them, we're looking at three years worth of projects. 
Now, some of them may never get started, but that's what's on my list right now. If I were to use this idea, one, the one thing, that would mean I would need to narrow this list of 10 down to one, the one that could have the biggest impact. Now, if that's a big goal, and that's what I'm talking about, big projects that will take at least three months, three months is 90 days. So now I could start to break this goal down into daily priorities. Is the one thing I need to do today that will move me closer to that goal, that big project? And remember, this could, there could be at least 90 steps. And maybe I don't try to write all 90 of them now, but maybe I start breaking that project down into smaller projects and then I can start looking at, okay, what do I need to get done this week? And now what do I need to get done today? What's the single most important thing? And then the idea being that you focus on that until it's done and you don't do anything else. If you get that done, then you can move on to all the stuff that happens every day that stops us from working on our goals and our big projects and the things we really want to get to in our life. So it's, um, it's a really powerful process to go through. It's also difficult. This is what I would classify under doing the hard work. So think about that in your business, in your life, in your relationships, in your health, whatever it might be. This works in any area. And pick one. So there's a great way to get started. If you were to prioritize your life, which area of your life do you need to do something about that would have the biggest impact? Is it your money? Is it your health? Is it your business? Is it your relationships? Is it your spirituality? What is it? And already I think you can see why this is difficult. People are already saying, well, it's all of them. I have to fix all of them. That's the point. You've got to get out of that mentality because that's the way you've thought your whole life and that's why you're here. So as hard as it is, which area right now is the most important? In that area, once you identify it, then set everything else aside for right now and say, okay, I'm going to focus on my business because if I don't get this fixed, my whole life is going to change. So if that's your priority, then what is the single most important thing you could be doing right now to make an improvement in your business? Now, you know me, I'm all about numbers. I think business is fairly simple. The problem with most people and why they struggle is because they just don't know their numbers and they don't think it's important. And I'm here to tell you that's wrong. Your, your numbers are the way you fix the business, the way you improve the business, the way you grow the business. That's what business is. It's math. It's numbers. And that's where we start. And the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about that a lot on the weekends. And, you know, as I was reading this book, things started clicking. This is what most owner operators need right now. I don't know what else is going on in your life. There could be some other areas in your life that really need work done. But I can tell you this one can really move you forward in a lot of other areas because it is such a big part of your life. 
If you're an owner operator, it is where you spend the bulk of your time. So fix this and other things start to improve. So you should look around at your life, decide what area you need to work on most. But if it's business, I can tell you one of the first steps that you need to take on, one of your big projects doing the hard work is finally getting your numbers in order and creating and following through with an accounting system. Now, we think this is so important that we give you every option you can imagine. We have ways where you can do it yourself. We have ways you can do it free. We have ways we'll do it for you. We're running specials at the end of the year right now. I don't want to go through every option. Call us. Go on the website. Look, but, but make it a point to get your numbers together and then stay that way. Create an accounting system. Get this year caught up. And I'm talking about this now because this is the best time to do it going into the end of the year. Don't wait till January. Don't make this a New Year's resolution. It's too late by then. That's why I start talking about it in October. And I really start pushing hard in November. And I start to sound like a broken record every December. Because this is the time to do this. Get it done now. There are tremendous benefits. Any money you spend doing this right now becomes tax deductible this year. For example, we're running a special. If you don't want to do the work, send the receipts and the settlements to us. We'll do all the data entry and get you caught up for this year, and we'll do it for $299. You can't beat that deal. That's about a third of what we would normally charge. If you do it right now and pay for it right now, that $299 really becomes $199 because it's tax deductible. It's going to knock about $100 off your tax bill. That's another big reason for doing it now. Any money you spend will be tax deductible, and we can identify before the year is over if you're going to need more tax deductions. This is what's called tax planning. Most people actually just do tax reacting. Oh my God, it's April. I got to go get my taxes done. Oh, I must, I'm going to have to file an extension and my accountant slammed and now I'm going to start incurring interest and penalties and I'm already a year behind. Don't be a year behind anymore. Don't be a month behind. Call us and let's get started on this. Let us help you. 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. We'll be right back. I'm going to get to your calls and questions right after this break. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. That's my rant for the day. One big thing. Start thinking that way. It's so easy in today's world to get scattered and pulled in lots of different directions and distracted. Start thinking about the one thing you could be doing to make the biggest difference. Let's get to some phone calls. We're going to start off in Minnesota. Brandon, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have a uh, 2007 Volvo VNL 770 with a 16-liter Volvo engine in it. I bought it about six months ago. It ran great for three months. Got about 800,000 miles on it. And uh, uh, then uh, it started running rough, chugging, had to run higher RPM. The fuel filter was filling up and started turning black. So I got advice, and it was pretty much narrowed down to asphaltines or algae. And they said that asphaltines is more of an ISX thing with hotheads. And I looked in my fuel tank. When they're low with a flashlight, it looks like there's some black on the side of the tank. I've been battling this thing for three months. Nobody really knows nothing, and there's not much on the Internet. Any information on how to proceed? Yeah, one of the first things we want to do, we want to absolutely verify that it's not asphaltine first. And the the idea that asphaltine is a problem with ISX is correct. It, that is the engine we see it happen most. But I've seen it happen in any engine. Asphaltine occurs when we have a poor quality fuel, which we could get anywhere, and we get that fuel hot. And any engine could get a fuel hot. The ISX is just known for it. The quickest way to figure this out is to take off a fuel filter and cut it in half. Let's get to the inside so we can feel this stuff. If it's asphaltine, it will tend to settle at the bottom of the filter, and it will tend to be black and sticky. And it can even get hard sometimes, but it'll be sticky or gummy. And if it's algae, it's going to be dispersed all through the filter. It won't necessarily settle at the bottom. And it's going to be black and very slimy. So the first thing I'd like to do is absolutely know what we're dealing with, not just guess. Because if we guess and use the wrong product, we're never going to solve it. If it's asphaltine, it's easy to put in the product called asphaltine that Cummins actually makes the big part. The problem goes away. I mean, asphaltine is, you put the product in, I've never seen it last after that. It fixed it. Algae is a different story. Algae, because it's living, if you don't do a good enough job of eradicating it completely, it can keep coming back over and over and over. So that's why it's so important to identify for sure which one it is. Asphaltine is going to be easy. Algae, I like to get really aggressive. So you could try just using a good algae And when I say a good algaecide, I would stay away from the truck stops. I would go to a marine store. Um, West Marine is probably the easiest to find. Look up West Marine. They have stores all over the place. And just go in and ask them, what is your best algaecide? 
they have a couple different products that work way better than the stuff we usually have in the truck stop. You could try running one round of that through the tanks and change filters a couple times. If that takes care of it, great. We're, we're done. If it doesn't take care of it, this is when I like to get really aggressive. Because if you don't take care of it the first time, there's a good chance this is going to be one of those that we just keep facing. Um, Pittsburgh Power has developed a process of taking off the tanks. They have a certain uh, group of chemicals that they use. Actually, they send it out to another guy who, who developed the system. He has wands. He sticks down in the tank. He uses a certain bunch of chemicals. It eradicates any algae that's in the tank and then the algicide will kill everything else in the system and this will be gone okay uh i got a lot of money into kill them i've been buying bottles and bottles and bottles of that and this is case of filters that's why i i've developed and worked with these people to, because i watched people do that over and over and over and over and over and it makes you crazy and it's time-consuming and frustrating, and it doesn't work in many cases. That's why I say, let's try one time with the best algicide we can get. Don't overdo it. Use it the way they recommend in the amounts they recommend. If one time doesn't get rid of it, then I just move to the next step, which is very aggressive, which includes steaming and, and chemically treating the tanks. Understood. I am uh, going to switch. I'm going to go to a different biocide, and uh, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh Power next because, I mean, I'm spending a fortune out here on this, that, not to mention this you know, what, five, five miles per gallon. This is exactly why we came up with this because, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been trying to help people with this on the air, and finally I said, look, we need to come up with the, you know, one shot, try this, see if it works. If it doesn't, let's stop screwing around and let's jump to the atomic bomb option that we know works. Okay. Uh, right. Thank you for your Thanks time. Thanks for the call. Give that a shot. If you run into any issues, call me back. Don't forget, though, make sure to identify whether it really is algae or if it is possibly um, the asphaltine instead, because we don't want to waste time trying to treat the wrong problem. Let's go to Oklahoma. Charmaine, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you. What can I help can you, you with today? Um, well, I am a new caller, and um, my husband listens to you at night. He drives nights, I drive days. And okay. I don't ever get to listen to you, but he is, keeps talking about this um, the bulletproof coffee. Well, he doesn't drink coffee, and he keeps asking me, would you please find out if there's something else that I can drink other than coffee that is going to work like your bulletproof coffee? Um, I'm a diabetic and a heart patient. I've got five cents in my and he keeps saying, you need to do, you need to listen to him. You need to do this. You, you, can, you can get off all your medicine. Well, I'm kind of afraid to do that. I don't want to get off my medicine because I don't want to have another heart attack because I like driving. So um, I'm just trying to get a little bit more information about this and about the bulletproof coffee. 
So, okay. So the bulletproof coffee answer will be easy. Your answer will be a little more difficult, but we'll, we still have one. So let's do the bulletproof coffee because it's easy. If you don't like coffee, you can try bulletproof tea. Black tea, do the same thing, butter, coconut oil, blend it up, see if that works. The third option, which almost everybody likes, is you could also do bulletproof cocoa. Just make sure you don't use some cheap cocoa loaded with sugar and all kinds of other junk. You want to use like a raw, raw chocolate, a raw cacao powder, and blend uh, like a hot cocoa drink and put in the butter and coconut oil and blend that. So coffee, tea, and cocoa. But on the cocoa, again, be careful. Don't get something with a bunch of junk in it. Um, the coffee and tea, we don't sweeten them. Uh, in the beginning, if somebody just says, look, I can't drink this stuff without a little bit of sweetener, I would either use a little bit of local raw honey or I would use a little bit of stevia. Stevia is not an artificial sweetener. It's a natural sweetener. So, But again, you, you want to use that maybe just to get you to drink it in the beginning and then kind of wean off the sweetener. So that that's okay. some ideas there on the bulletproof. Now, as far as you go, being diabetic, let's start there. Let's forget the heart because honestly, the overwhelming evidence is that both conditions were caused by the same thing. Both of your conditions, yes. the diabetes and the heart issues, were caused by the same thing. They're both lifestyle related and they're both primarily diet. They have nothing to do really with exercise or anything else. Those things can help a little bit, but they are 90% diet related. And most of us grew up eating the standard American diet. And, and most of us today, I'm 53, we've been eating a really poor diet our whole life. And we didn't know yeah. it. And they tell us that, you know, we should be eating low fat and we should be eating whole grains. And the more they tell us that, the sicker we get. It's not working. So I'm going to give you some really big guidelines, quick guidelines on how we should be eating as humans if we want to be healthy. The first thing we should do is cut out all grains of any kind. And this freaks people out because it is such a big part of our diet. And we've been told whole grains are healthy. They're not, that's not even human food. We should not be consuming grains. So I'm gonna to get to a break, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna explain that a little bit more. And then we'll go on to what we should be eating because I don't wanna focus on what we shouldn't be eating. I wanna focus on what we should be eating, but we have to know what to eliminate first. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
We're going to go right back to the phones. I was talking with Charmaine in Oklahoma. So, Charmaine, let's stay there for a second on the grains because this freaks people out. They have a okay. hard time getting around this. This means anything with wheat, oats, rice, barley, rye, corn, quinoa. Those are all grains. Those are not human food. And, and I could spend three hours on all the problems that they cause for our health. But the easiest thing is to say, just stop eating them. Now, it's easy to say, very difficult to do. I get that. But people have done it. I've done yeah. it. I have, I've been brain-free for a year and a half. I, at 53 years old, I have never felt better. I, I tell people I didn't feel this good at 18. And at 18, I was extremely athletic. I was doing three sports a year. I owned a gym. I thought I was on top of the world. I didn't feel this good then. And the single biggest thing I did was just eliminate grains out of my diet. So I don't eat any of those things anymore. Um, then, then what, what, what do is, we what eat? Did you replace it with? Go ahead. Did you, did you replace it with something, though? You know, I have somewhat. It, and I don't want to focus too much on those replacements yet. I'll tell you some of the okay. things you can do. This is becoming much, much more popular now. So there's lots of people eating this way. So people are creating all kinds of new recipes and ideas. Um, one of the things that you can replace wheat flour with is almond flour. So they take almonds and they grind them down into flour. And it's not exactly the same, but you can make a lot of different things that are are bread-like. I'm not going to call them, a, you know, they're not going to be just like bread. Um, there's another recipe. I just made it last night. It's called uh, fat head pizza. And you can make a pizza crust out of mozzarella cheese, cream cheese, a little bit of this almond flour and an egg. And the pizza crust is amazing. I made breadsticks out of it last night. <laughs> And I had open breadsticks. So there are some substitutions. There are even some companies now that make mixes, you know, like a bread mix or a, so you don't have to do all the work yourself. And there's more and more of them showing up all the time. We actually make a pizza crust out of pure cauliflower. Take cauliflower, you steam it, <laughs> grind it down, and you mix in an egg and a couple other things. And it, it's like a dough. And you spread it out and you bake it. And you put pizza toppings on it, and it's amazing. Um, so there, there are lots of ways to, to not eat grains, and we're finding more and more of them every day because this is starting to catch on. So what we really want to focus on eating, I don't want to spend too much time on what we don't eat, but we, we're not going to eat grains, and we are going to avoid anything processed with an ingredient list as much as we can. Now, the grains, I would say, look, just make this 100%. There are people that cheat once in a while, and almost everybody that cheats tells me they feel like hell after they do it. I, ju I just don't cheat on that one. That, I made up my mind when I started it. I'm not going to cheat on the grain thing. The processed food or stuff with an ingredient list, yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% on that one because – you know, life gets in the way. Sometimes you have to eat out. Sometimes you eat at a restaurant. I have no idea what they're putting in food sometimes. But for the most part, I try to eat whole real food. And whole real food doesn't have an ingredient list. Beef, no ingredient list. 
chicken, no ingredient list. It's just chicken. Eggs, it's just an egg. Vegetables, they're just vegetables. Asparagus doesn't come with an ingredient list. So when we think of whole real food, that's what we ate for thousands and thousands of years and we were healthy. It's all the processed yeah. food that's killing yeah. us. So my, my and, and then the other big picture thing, especially for diabetics, is believe it or not, and diabetics with heart problems, which is almost all of them, have a really hard time with this one. We recommend a high fat diet. And I know that freaks people out because we've been told forever that fat is what's causing heart disease, and it's not. Fat does not cause heart disease. High cholesterol does not cause heart disease. It's actually processed food and sugar and carbohydrates that cause the diabetes and the heart disease. So we actually eat most of our calories in good quality fats. And that means grass-fed beef, real healthy grass-fed cows, their fat is excellent to cook with. Same with pork lard. If the animal was raised properly, the pork lard is very healthy. I use duck fat to cook with. Coconut oil, virgin coconut oil is an excellent fat to cook with, but it freaks people out because it's about 80% saturated fat. And they, we've been told that's unhealthy. It's not. It's very healthy. So we eat things like avocados, very high in fat. Eggs, excellent for you, very high in fat. Um, good oils, you know, olive oil, don't cook with it, use it cold. Avocado oil is an excellent fat then we should eat a little bit of protein like meat and eggs and cheese and dairy not we don't want to overdo the protein and we eat very very low carbohydrate and once you eliminate the grains which is where most of our carbohydrates come from grains and sugar once you get rid of those eating low carbo is pretty easy uh, it's meat and vegetables a little bit of fruit but actually for diabetics i would stay away from fruit especially in the beginning, if you're going to eat it, maybe berries because they're lower in sugar. But your diet should be primarily focused on a little bit of meat, a lot of vegetables. You can never eat too many of those. And the good thing is we don't have to eat them dry and steamed anymore. We can saute them in yeah. butter. Yeah. We can saute them in coconut oil. We can put bacon fat over them if we want to but you want a big <laughs> pile of vegetables a little bit of meat and enough fat that you're satisfied because fat is very satisfying for your hunger and it tastes really good you know we we stopped liking food when we took the fat away from it because it didn't taste good anymore it doesn't even feel good in your mouth fat feels really good when you eat it it's satisfying to your appetite and it's healthy. Without fat, we can't absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, which are A, D, E, and K. And by the way, those are the vitamins that Americans are most deficient in. And it's not because they're not eating the Tell vitamins. Me again, A, D, E, A. and K. Those are the four fat-soluble vitamins. So the problem is we've been told you have to eat more of the foods that have those vitamins, but we've also been told to eat low fat. Without the fat, you can't absorb those vitamins. Your body will just eliminate them. So that's why we're so deficient. Is there deficient. A bad fat? Yes, there's lots of bad fats, and they are the ones that most people eat. 
They are the fats that are in all the processed food. They are the seed oils mostly that we call vegetable oils, but they're not. They're seed oils. So cotton seed oil, soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil, any virtually anything that's liquid at room temperature is probably going to be a bad oil. I'll give you two exceptions. Okay. Pure olive oil, if you can find it, but be careful there. It's I just read the other day, 90% of the stuff that's called extra virgin olive oil on the market really isn't. That's a shame. Um, avocado oil is an excellent oil that's liquid at room temperature. Almost every other oil that's liquid at room temperature, just stay away from. It's all junk. So you want to find things that are actually right. solid at room temperature. Uh, butter, coconut oil, lard, beef fat. But again, we want those to be from healthy sources. So yes, there are lots of good oils. There are lots of bad oils. And I'm giving you the big, big picture right now. If we wanted to work with you more directly, because you do have two big issues going on. The diabetes, easy to fix. I swear we've done it in a couple weeks with some people. The heart condition has occurred over time because of the diabetes. That's going to take longer to fix. But all of this can be improved. Um, I've given you the big picture, some things to work on. You could also go do some research on what's called a paleo diet. So eat paleo kind of foods, look up paleo recipes, or we are getting ready to release this week. In fact, by the time most people hear this show, it um, this program will be live. We are releasing two one-on-one -on -one consulting programs because there's only, we've helped a lot of people on the air with the big picture, kind of like I just talked about with you, helping them stay on a ketogenic diet or a paleo diet or a combination of the two. But there are people with more specific problems that I just don't have enough time on the air and I don't have enough information. So we are releasing these one-on-one -on -one programs this week. So if you want to get a jump on this, because I have a feeling we're going to get flooded with these and we might have to, to kind of turn the program off for a little bit. But if you want to get in early, give us a call. 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. Or you can go to the website and look and see if the program is up. If it's up on the website, that means it's live and we're doing it. We're within a couple days right now of releasing this program. So check it out. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get right back to some phone calls. We're off to West Virginia. Gene, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. How are you doing today? Doing good. What's on your mind? I am I'm looking at buying another truck, which would be a second truck. I'd be putting on to start my fleet up. Okay. And I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, 
trying to find out where is a good pay structure to pay a driver to put in that truck. Okay, so let's... Uh, my we may end up talking about something other than your question, but let's see. If you were calling me to say, I'm getting ready to add my third truck, we'd probably be having a different conversation. But that right. second truck is such a critically important step, and I've watched so many people screw this up, that I want to make sure we're talking about the right stuff. Tell me a little bit about your operation right now. Um, I'm leased onto a carrier. I get 75% of whatever the bill is. Okay. Uh, fuel included, stops included. Uh, I've been averaging around a dollar fifty a mile. Is my 75%. Okay. Okay, uh, so where I'm at let, right now, I'm. Hold on. Go ahead. Stop. Right there. Here's what I want to know. Because I, the red flags go up when I hear a sentence like, I've been averaging around about. Here's what I want to know. Right. This year, year to date, all miles driven with all revenue coming in, what is the dollar amount per mile? Not about, not, not an average. What, on, if you take all miles driven this year and all revenue, what is the dollar amount? You can... You can look on my profit gauges. Um, everything is covered. I don't have the expenses in for this one, obviously. But okay, so, so that I, kind of weighted question. You do. You are doing this in profit gauges, then. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Now, there's one more thing I want you to do. I want you to look at that number more often, so that you could say to me, first off, congratulations on doing. And having it in there, that's the biggest part of it. But I would also love for you to be able to say, well, as of October, which is, you know, um, current up to October, gross revenue per mile is $1.57 a mile. My net revenue per mile is $0.52 cents a mile, all miles. I want you to know those numbers inside and out so that if I woke you up at 2 a.m. and said, what's your gross revenue per mile and your net revenue per mile, you know them. My net revenue right now is 42 cents a mile. Okay, good. That's the number I'm looking for today, and I'm glad you know that. So this is going to change the conversation dramatically, and you may not like my answer. But Now, with, with that being in, I've been with two carriers this year. I started with the carrier that I came back to in the middle of summer, I worked for an expediter, which was not what it was all cracked up to be, and I made less money doing the expediting. So my year-to-date numbers are—I don't feel—are reliable as what it actually is in the current situation. So the cool thing about profit gauges is you could go in and do a report only on the carrier that you're currently with. So then we would know what that net revenue per mile is, but. Here's my point. Um, This is my opinion from a lot of experience. If you were to add a second truck right now, it would be a huge mistake. It will more than likely take you backwards, not forward. And here's why. Um, On $1.50 a mile in revenue, the net goal, 
the net goal would be to get you closer to 70 to 75 cents net revenue on that dollar fifty. It's possible. I've been helping people do it for decades. And that is where the big opportunity for you is. That's the low-hanging fruit. You're going to go at a truck, and if you're trying to pay a driver and all you're netting is 43 cents a mile, you're going to go through drivers like water, and you're going to lose the truck in six months. There's just not enough net revenue there. So that's why you're having a hard time trying to figure out how to pay a driver. There's not enough money there to pay a driver. It's going to be a nightmare. So what I would rather see you do is focus on really getting your operation running along like a cash machine. You know, you've got all of your expenses nailed down tight. You've maximized your revenue and you're squeezing every penny of profit out of your truck you possibly can. And honestly, I could almost double that 40 cents a mile without ever adding another truck without having the headaches of a second truck, without having the risk of a second truck, without having the headaches of a driver and, and what that entails. And the odds of you making any money on the second truck, given your numbers right now, are slim to none. You're not going to make 10 cents profit on the second truck. So why don't we focus on making 10 cents more on this truck and then 20 cents more on this truck? Then when you get to the point where you want to add a second truck, now you've got 70 cents a mile profit that you figured out how to generate. You could pay a, a driver 50 cents a mile and you can still keep 20. That's outstanding. And you'll keep drivers that way. But the way you're heading into this, it's not going to work. Now, how do we progress on that? Because you've made that same statement to me a couple of times, but I've never found the guidance. Uh, towards, um, you know, achieving that 70 cents. Well, it's not um, easy. And I don't get to listen to you all. Everybody would be doing it, but we start with the business report, which you have, and we look at our two biggest numbers, fuel and maintenance. Do you happen to know them? I mean, I don't have your propaganda pulled up. Do you happen to know what your cost per mile on fuel and maintenance is? Uh Fuel right now, before my discount is thirty-two cents a mile. After my discount is around twenty-six cents a mile. So not horrible, but you know that. Let's throw out the discount because that kind of skews the numbers. I'd like to see the before discount price be in that twenty-four, twenty-five cent a mile range. So. You know, what can we do to work on fuel economy? Well, there's 70 things that I've identified, so we have to figure out in your operation, what are they? Maintenance costs, how do we lower that? Then if we get maintenance and fuel down really low, but that dollar fifty is still turning out to be 40-some cents a mile, we have to figure out why. I mean, that, that, and I don't know. I'm not looking at the numbers. This is part of the hard work. But I can tell you the time you would spend, and it could be, that the kind of freight you're moving, even though it grosses $1.50 a mile, there might be other problems with it. Maybe you're deadheading too much. Maybe you're sitting too much. Maybe it's just really right, heavy of, freight. Go ahead. Yeah, the load I'm on right now is paying me 243 a mile currently. Which 
which again is where most people tend to focus is on that gross revenue. But if it isn't translating down to the bottom line, it doesn't matter. And we have to figure out why. Where is the money going? If we're making right. so much on the top line, why are we not making enough on the bottom line? But adding a right. truck to magnify the problem. Right. That's I want to make sure I'm doing the correct procedures. That's why I call my guidance counselor who is you. Uh, and, and I don't want to turn this into a big commercial, but, you know, the, where we teach all of these things in a really intensive place is the CMC every year. You know, it, it, we, we walk right through for an entire week, step by step, how to be more profitable. Because, add, I, and I can tell you, I have personal experience with this. This is how I got started in the business. I had one truck, wasn't making enough money, added a second truck, still didn't think I was making enough money. I didn't stop till I got to 11 and I was almost bankrupt. That was a really hard lesson. I had to sell nine of my 11 trucks and go back to driving full-time in order to figure out what I was doing wrong. And what I was doing wrong was I was always focused on the gross. And I wasn't working at making the net better. Let me give you another example of, of a direction I think would be better than adding trucks. I think if you stay with your carrier, we focus on fuel and maintenance, and maybe better load selection. I don't know what all of our options are. We get that we get you as profitable as we possibly can with that carrier. Then, rather than adding a truck, why not get your own authority? Why take seventy-five percent of that rate when you could be getting a hundred percent of that rate, or maybe giving up ten or fifteen to a broker instead of twenty-five to a carrier? Right. Which I did here uh, a few weeks ago. Whenever you were. Excited about the new project about adding the fourth lane. I did. Uh, I did get to hear you that day. Uh, yeah. So the music play. I, I I know I haven't really answered your question because I think that's the wrong direction for you right now. I think that would be a disaster. I think you should really consider coming to the CMC. The next time you call, make sure we have your business report up in front of me so I can dig deeper into the numbers. But I would start looking at. I started my show on one thing. Your one thing right now should be, how do I make the bottom line on my business report better? And, and if you and I together focus on that first, let's start working on that each week. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, everybody, hang on, because we're going to do a second hour, and we're going to get started right now. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, 
health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it. We'll work on it here on this show. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. You know, my last show, I started talking about the concept of the one thing. Looking at your life, looking at different areas of your life and saying, what is the one thing that if I could get done would make the biggest positive impact? And I talk primarily about your business because most of my listeners are owner operators or want to be owner operators. And business is always a big part of life. But you could apply this to health, relationships, spirituality, all kinds of things. But I I primarily talked about business. And for an owner-operator, I can tell you what that one thing is. So the idea behind one thing is identifying, whether it's today, what is the one thing that if I got done today would have the biggest positive impact in this area? For an owner-operator, I can tell you, if you don't have an accounting system, that's the one thing. If you have an accounting system, and and when I opened my last show with this, my last call of that show was actually a great example of this. An owner-operator, he had an accounting system. Congratulations. That is awesome. That's step number one. His question was about paying a driver if he added a second truck. Well, the good news was because he had an accounting system, I identified that adding a second truck was going to be a really, really bad idea. This is one of those times where if you sit down and focus on the one thing, it makes decision-making much easier. So we went over his numbers, gross revenue, net revenue, and the single biggest thing we identified that he could work on was improving that net revenue number. That's it. We talked about some bigger picture idea, maybe at some point going and getting his own authority. At some point, maybe he will be ready to add a second truck. But when we run off chasing the wrong things, that's when it can get ugly. But if he focuses, and this was just a a perfect lesson for what I started the show on, if he focuses on getting that bottom line number as big as possible, And along the way, so we're going to work on things like fuel cost and maintenance cost. We're going to look at load selection. Are we running too many deadhead miles? Are we sitting too often? Is this freight too heavy? Is it taking too long to get it loaded and unloaded? There's lots of reasons. It's possible once you start focusing on this number, you identify that, you know what, it might just not work with this carrier. But once you've done everything you can do, then we could look at, a lot of people say, oh, it's gotta be the carrier's fault, can't be mine. And they try jumping carriers and it doesn't work any better. So again, coming back, what's the one thing we could do to have the biggest impact? And for many of you, it one is getting the accounting system in place and doing it. If you already have it in place, The whole reason we do the accounting system is so that we can look at our profit and we can make it better. So you focus, what can I do? This is the one big thing. What could I do today to make my, this day more profitable? What can I do today that will move me in the right direction of putting more money to the bottom line? But again, 
you have to have this report to know whether it's working or not. If we identify that you've done everything you can, we have fuel costs under control, we have maintenance costs under control, we're picking the best loads that are available, and this is as good as it's going to get. Now we can move on. What's the next thing? I've been talking a lot lately about I think it's a great time to become a carrier, to get your own authority, but only if you're ready. And if you're at a carrier and you're not maximizing your profit there, then you're not ready. This is the beauty of thinking this way about this one big thing. What's the next, what's the big thing I need to be doing right now that will give me the most impact? And I can promise you, if you don't have an accounting system, that's the one big thing. Hands down, nothing else would be more important. And this is a great time of year to get started on it. That's why I, I'm going to spend the rest of November and all of December just hammering you about having an accounting system. I don't care if you use ours. I really don't. We have lots of users. We sign up new people every day. I'm very happy with the performance of our accounting systems. They're doing great. I just want you to have one. I don't care if it's a local accountant, but, but there are some criteria. They need to be able to put a report in your hand at least once a month that shows gross revenue, net revenue, all of your expenses broken down, and all of it done by cost per mile and percentage of income. If they can do that, then you have a good system. If you can do it with a spreadsheet or QuickBooks, whatever you want to use, and you can do, though I'll tell you, QuickBooks won't do a cost per mile. It's a huge problem with that program for owner-operators. If it's finding an accounting firm who does specialize in trucks and they can give you this report, then do it. We have solutions. And honestly, we have the best solutions in the industry. So I'd love to see you use ours. But the more important thing is get it done. That should be your single biggest task right now. If you don't have an accounting system, that gives you those numbers every month. You need to get one started. Starting it right now gives you the triple advantage of getting your numbers together for this year, knowing what your tax situation looks like before the year is out, and being able to get your tax return done early and paying the least amount of tax. There are so many benefits to doing this right now. We even have two great options for you. One, you could sign up for a free trial of our accounting software. You have 30 days to use it at no charge, which gives you plenty of time to put in this entire year's worth of accounting. It won't cost you a penny. Now you're off and running. If you don't want to do the work, if you just are, are lost, confused, you don't know how to get started on this, we will do it all for you. You would send us the receipts and the settlements. And we will do all of the data entry and you'll have this report for this year. Then if you want, we can show you what the options are for next year. But let's get this year taken care of. We would do all that for $299. You can't beat that price. It's about a third of what we normally charge for that much work. If you do it right now and pay for it right now, we're still in 2016, that means you get to take a tax deduction for that amount this year as well. So it doesn't really cost you $299. It ends up costing you about $199 once you get your tax write-off. So get it done. Go to the website, letstruck.com, or 
give us a call, 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. I'm going to go to the calls. Let's start off in Pennsylvania. Dave, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What can I help you with today? Well, uh, I've got a 2014 Freelander Cascadia Evolution, and uh, it just it rides real rough. Um, I know the Freelander is a fan for that. Uh, I heard about a product called Donzo Air Ride. I was wondering if you know anything about that. Give me that name again. Donzel. D-O-N-Z-E-L. They're out of Texas. Oh, yeah. Yep. They do some ride stabilizing kind of stuff. Right. It works with air bags, and it, it controls the flow of the uh, of the air going in and out of the bags. And I guess they have a, uh, a kit to change your front axle. It puts the air suspension on your front springs. Um. I have heard of it. I've actually driven a truck with it. And um, Bruce Mallinson did something similar to this idea um, when he used to pull a really light fifth wheel trailer with a class eight tractor and the airbag was just so stiff. Um, He installed something called a ping tank, which is a separate air tank that allows that air to move in and out of the airbags to kind of soften the ride. Uh, this is the same idea. Um, it, it does work. There, I haven't looked at this system in a couple years, so I don't know if they've made any changes to it. I don't. Do you remember what overall cost would be? Uh, I believe it was a hundred dollars for the rear axles for each axle, and I can't remember the cost of the front axle. I believe it was somewhere around a thousand dollars. Okay. Then they had the uh, they had the valves for the sleeper too. Okay, hold that thought. We'll come right back with more stuff right after this, and I'll have some options for you on that. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. I'm going to go back to Dave in Pennsylvania. So Dave, here's what I find. That, that product will improve the ride. It's going to soften the ride because it is going to allow those airbags to get a little softer and the air is going to move in and out. It will improve the ride. What I find is it makes the handling worse. Because the, the ride problem isn't necessarily that the airbags are too stiff. It's that the shocks are worthless. So we can address the symptom, 
which is we can make the airbags softer, but our handling gets worse and our tire wear gets worse. So I like to approach it from the other direction. I like to improve the shock first, and that normally takes care of the ride. Now, the ride isn't going to be big and soft and cushy, but you're not going to get that jarring feeling that you're getting right now that I'm well aware of on that truck. So I love the Road King shocks. It is light year different from any other shock on the market. In fact, I wish we had another. We actually try to refer to them as ride control products because when you call them a shock, you want to compare them to the other shocks on the market, and they're nothing like that. These are so well-built, so well-designed, and they provide about four times more downward force on the axle than even the most premium truck shock on the market. And that's what's going to both the ride and the handling. The sway is going to get much better. The stutter over bumps is going to disappear. The ride is going to be firm but comfortable. You're not going to get those big jarring hits on the bumps. And tire wear is going to get better. Your tires are going to last longer. And I think you're going to find that you really like this ride better than trying to soften the airbags. Okay. Uh, now, I was listening to Rolling Toe uh, within the past week or two. I forget who, what the host name is, but uh, he was talking about uh, decreasing the caster angle. He's saying that they're putting too much caster in these trucks now. That could be um, as well. Now, any any time, and that's Mike Beckett, by the way, on Rolling Toe. Anytime Mike Beckett right. says something like that, I believe him because he stays on top of these kind of issues. That's why I love having that show. That would be stuff that I'd never figure out doing what I do every day. And because this is what Mike does every day. So yeah, if you want to get more clarification on that, you might want to call him and find out, or maybe he explained it well enough, but I would follow that advice as well. Okay. Now, uh, as far as the Road King shocks go, uh, I heard that they were having some problems with them leaking within, say, 600 miles or so. Uh, do you know, have they have they cleared that up yet? Or Well, here's the thing. they that That's always been an issue, but it's been a small issue. So when we say they sometimes leak within 600 miles, it's less than 5% of the shocks that do it. But those are the ones we focus on, obviously, because we don't want those kind of problems they've i'm surprised that that it still exists they've made three or four changes over the last four years now i've had several pair of these shocks i've never had one leak and i know lots of people who haven't but there is a a case where they leak and we're not even sure why um we used to think that it was road damage on the shaft you know a stone comes up hits the shaft nicks it a little bit and then that will tear the seal but they've put a full boot over it now So I know we're not getting any road damage. They did improve the seal quality and fit again just recently. So it it, there have been some cases of the shock leaking in the past. I haven't experienced it. I know a bunch of people who haven't, but it still might be a concern. Um, But that shock is by far the best solution I've seen to ride and handling problems. Now, the other option, as far as ride and health, it, it's a 
slightly more expensive, no question, but the Bose Ride seat is hands down um, one of the best improvements I've seen. For me, I'm a little spoiled. Every truck I've had in the last, well, since the Bose Ride seat came out, uh, probably 09, 08, 09, somewhere around there, um, we had one of the first experimental seats, and I've had one in every truck I've owned ever since. So I've had the Bose Ride seat and Road King shocks. If you have the budget for that, nothing is better. Let's go to Virginia. Stanley, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I Good. have a question uh, yesterday's show. Uh, there was a guy called in with an Acer that had, uh, you told me, had the leaking between the turbos or the uh, air to air. I believe it was because, didn't he say it was because of the back of his cab was turning black? Well, he he said that, but that was part of the trailer and everything getting sooty. But then he also talked about that same kind of, he was getting fumes inside the cab, which wouldn't be from your exhaust behind you. And he was seeing leaks under the hood. So he did talk about the soot on the trailer, okay. but they're both the same problem. The leak in the intake system, whether, and I'm 90% sure his was between the two, two turbos, that screws up our boost. So he, the leak and everything he's hearing under the hood is that leak, but that's also what's causing all the black smoke because we're not getting enough boost. We're not burning the fuel completely. So the two actually fit very well together. Okay. Yeah. Because my skirt's down the passenger side and the back of my cab all turns like a hazy black. So now that is an indication that we're not burning the fuel completely. So, in your case, we need to look. There are lots of reasons we might not burn the fuel completely. In his case, we've identified it because we know he's got an intake leak somewhere under the hood. I think it's between the two turbos. So those two things go together. You may be getting black smoke and smudging the trailer for a completely different reason. It could be an intake restriction. It could be an intake leak. It could be an exhaust restriction. It could be the overhead set improperly. It could be something in the ECM. Uh, could be injectors. So you have the same symptom. We have to figure out what your problem is. I'm 99% sure I solved his problem. Okay, perfect. Yeah, this truck before I bought it had somewhat sort of a delete done to it. They drilled the eight inch and a half holes to the DPF and shut it off from the computer. And I'm wondering if that's not part of my problem too. That scares me. Um, I have seen so yeah. many, that, that's a lousy delete. I, I've seen so many of these quick fix kind of things that just, th these engines are way too complicated for a quick fix like that. Yeah, because I want to talk to Bruce about finding out whether I'm better to go down the avenue of going to a single turbo and getting rid of everything or returning it back proper and, and getting it to run properly. But why, why don't you call tomorrow when we have Bruce and the guys from Pittsburgh Power on and we can address that directly? Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you. We will, we'll do that. That again, kind of like the case earlier with the, you know, the rolling toe, the answer from Mike Beckett. This is why we do those other shows 
it's why I bring people like Bruce and John and Leroy from Pittsburgh Power on. It's why Mike Beckett's doing his podcast. It's why we have Kenny Long and Rico Muhammad doing podcasts and Rick and Melissa Grimm. I, 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 I can answer a lot of questions. I love doing what I do. But I also realize that in certain areas, that are there are people that are smarter than I am. They do this more often than I do, and they have even better answers than I can give. And our goal is to bring you the best possible resources. And that's what we feel like we're doing with our podcast. So if you don't listen to our podcast, you really should. Go to the website, letstruck.com. You can go to the audio road tab. You can listen to all the past episodes. And you can also get signed up. In fact, I'm going to just tell you how to do this right now. So grab your phone if you're not driving. Don't do this while you're driving or grab something to write with if you want. But if you grab your phone, I can walk you through this right now. We record shows every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We do anywhere from one to three hours. It just depends. Most days we do two hours each day. If you want to be a part of those recordings, it's really easy. And I can tell you, if you have trouble getting through to ask a question, it's always easier during those recorded hours. You can listen right along to the whole show while you're driving right on your phone if you want. Here's what you do. Text the word listen to 99,000. So just open up your text like you're going to send a text to anybody. But instead of putting in a phone number, you're going to put in a short code. It's nine nine zero 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 two nines three zeros. Then in the body of the text, just put one word. Listen. That's it. Just put the word listen. Hit send. You'll get a confirmation back. And every time we record about 15 minutes early, we will send you a text message with the number reminding you that, hey, we're about to start recording. If you dial in right then, hit one on your phone, I guarantee you I'll get to your question every time. We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. I'm off to Indiana this time. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, so I just had an in-frame done, and uh, I got a loan through my company that I'm leased to for most of it. Um, for tax deducting, uh, do I just do the amount that I actually paid so far by the end of the year, or can I deduct the whole thing this year? So what we want to do is separate the two events. The one event was you had an in-frame done and you paid for it. The second event is that you took a loan to do it. They're two totally different things. So an in-frame is something that we depreciate. 
So we would put it into a three-year depreciation schedule just like we would a truck. And then you do have the option of deducting the entire amount this year if you want. We put it into a depreciation schedule because that's correct. But we can take the 179 deduction and take the whole thing or any amount up to the whole thing and then depreciate any balance left over. So let me explain how I would do this with a tax client. I would get their entire tax return completed, everything except this one item. And I would say, okay, let me give you an example. How much did you pay for the in-frame? Uh, it was 13.5. Okay, and that will save us roughly 30% in taxes. So, um, 13.26, let's call it $4,000 savings in taxes or a 4,000 reduction in the amount of tax you have to pay based on that number. So if I did your entire tax return, and let's say you've been paying quarterlies and we're pretty close, and you're gonna have a tax bill of say $2,000. I could say, Robert, all we need to do is take this much depreciation and, and we'll get your tax bill down to zero. We would roughly take about half of the 13.5. We would take maybe 6,500, 7,000. Your tax bill would be zero. We love zero tax bills. And you still have another 7,000 that will get deducted over the next three years. Or let's say your tax bill is going to be $10,000. We could say, let's take it all. And instead of a $10,000 tax bill, you're going to have a $6,000 tax bill. So we get to pick and choose. Now, that handles the one event, the fact that you paid for this in-frame. We don't want to forget that any interest you pay on the loan is deductible as you pay it. So you will look at your loan in this year, how much interest did I pay towards that loan this year, and you get to deduct that as well. Does that all make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's just... I, I do profit gauges, and right now my my uh, take home is about fifty grand, and we're not even at the end of the year yet. So that's why I'm looking more towards, if I can, do, deducting the whole thing. I, I I would say that not only do you need to deduct that whole thing, that you want to start accelerating expenses into this year. You want to start paying for things this year that you're going to have to need sometime next year anyway, and and as much as you can. I mean, obviously, we just, you know, can't go out and spend everything, but you want to think that way because you're obviously having a good year and you want to start thinking about accelerating stuff into this year. Yeah. Yep, makes sense. All right. For example, you could sign up for the CMC right now on the payment plan only pay about $100 towards the CMC, but get to deduct the entire cost on this year's tax return, which would knock your tax bill down by another close to $600. So think about that one. Let's go to Washington. Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Hey, uh, been doing the keto thing for about six, seven weeks now, and I got one of the blood meters, and I'm only doing about a point four. I'm just having a hard time getting into it, um, but I'm, I'm slowly losing weight, but on the other hand, my wife, she's doing about a 2.5, and she's not losing anything at all. 
Got it. Okay. So two two outliers here. And let's um let's talk about you first. Um are you tracking your macronutrient balance? No. That's probably where I would start because what I find with most people is we're we're close to ketosis, but there's something about the macronutrient balance that's keeping us out. And it's kind of like I say, if you don't have numbers on your business, I probably can't give you a good answer. If we don't have real numbers on the macronutrients, we could be missing the most obvious thing. So we need to know what percentage of your calories are coming from fat, what percent's coming from protein, and what percent is coming from carbs. Now, I, I don't, I don't want to be tracking that kind of stuff the rest of my life, and I don't, and I don't want anybody else doing it either, unless you just like it. Most people don't, but sometimes we need to track it for a couple weeks or thirty days, just so we can see the numbers and, and make those adjustments. Um, if you send, we have a new uh, program. I used to recommend my fitness pal for doing this because it's a great program, but I found a new one that's even better. It already has, um, you know, high fat, low carb numbers plugged into it, which is awesome. And the really cool part is if you sign up under us, it, we can see your numbers as you enter them. And if we get a lot of people using this, then we'll get more and more data, kind of like we do on fuel economy and profit gauges that helps us help you. So we're, we're right in the middle of setting this up. We just had, we just spent all weekend as a team or all last week as a team working on this. Right now, if you send an email to support at Let's Truck and ask about chronometer, we'll, we'll, We'll get you set up on it. We don't have a chronometer. Yeah. You could go get chronometer on your own. I think it's $2.99 for the app. Um, If you get it through us, we have some ways we can might be able to get it to you free. But the more important thing is we can track the numbers here as well. So when you call, I could just pull up your account and look at it. You wouldn't be trying to explain to me the numbers, kind of like we do oil samples and profit gauges. So we're pretty excited about that. If we find out that your macronutrient balance is correct, that you are eating the right amount of fat, protein, and carbs, and you're still not getting into ketosis, the next reason usually is digestion. You're not digesting the fats well enough to produce the ketones. So we would address that with the the HDL, the stomach acid, and the beta plus, which is the – oh, go ahead. Um, I am working with the MPT, and we, I am doing the hydrochloric acid, and then the other one is the, uh, the um, oh, I forgot the name of the pill, but uh, I take three of them per meal, and uh, it's uh, another, uh, a goal, the goal, or the, yeah, the gallbladder support. Is it possibly the beta TCP? Yeah, I, I believe so. We it's might- kind of a brownish pill. Yeah, we might want to cycle you. I, I think let's do the macronutrient balance first. There's there's two okay. pills for gallbladder. One is for people who don't have a gallbladder, then you absolutely have to take the beta plus. But if you do have a gallbladder and you're still not digesting fats well enough, then we put people with a gallbladder on the beta plus 
and we cycle one bottle of beta plus one bottle right. of beta TP. Um, so okay, I'm doing the beta TPT. Uh, okay, we we might want to put you on the beta plus for one bottle to to kind of jumpstart that fat digestion because sometimes and I found it. I started with the beta TCP and it wasn't enough. I still wasn't digesting my fats. The other thing that can really help, and we are putting it in the store this week. Are you doing bulletproof coffee? I am, and I just listened to you talk to the other lady about weeding out stevia, and I'll start doing that tomorrow. So you are you putting coconut oil in yours? Uh, MCT oil. Okay, good, because the MCT oil, it, where are you getting your MCT oil from? Uh, from a health food store. It's a, a black bottle. Um, I, I pretty much took my empty bottle from Bulletproof, went there, and and copied it uh, to, to make sure. I know Bulletproof is patent and stuff like that, but yeah. I was trying to get something no, I, less than expensive. Well, and, and the option I was going to give you is actually a little more expensive than Bulletproof. The only thing we want to be sure of, many MCT oils are a blend of caprylic and capric acid. We want just the 100% what's called C8. That's the one that produces the most the expensive ketones. Part don't, you're going to expect something that's a little more expensive. I'm okay with that, so suggest it. So, it, it, um, Biotics, the company we do all of our supplements to, now has an MCT oil called BioMCT, and it's pure. A um, little more expensive, but really, really works well at producing ketones, and it's very pure. So, uh, we are just putting that into the store this week. So, again, either call us, check the email to see if it's there, or send us an email. Um, we're going to have to do your wife on another call. Let's do her uh, this Wednesday because that's a longer conversation. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. I can't believe it. We're down to the final segment already. These weeknight shows go so fast. Let's head off to Pennsylvania. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, welcome. Thank you for taking my call. I love you guys' program, and thanks for all you do for us. You're welcome. The question I have is, uh, yeah, yeah, a while back you were talking about um, adding a uh, carrier slash broker piece. And I know yes. a few years back, I looked at getting into the broker side, and you know, at that time, the uh, I think the insurance was only like ten grand, you know, the bonds. But now they jacked, bond. you know, the, they don't want any small guys jumping in, so they said, well, they changed it so the small guys gonna have seventy-five thousand dollars bond. It's so yeah, it pretty much priced me out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, when, did you uh, ever when go? You, when you do that, the bond. Did I ever what? Are you, did you ever check on getting the bond? Because a lot of people think it's going to cost seventy five thousand. It doesn't. Depending on credit score and a bunch of other things, that bond can be 
fairly reasonable. So I was just wondering if you ever checked. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, um, I started doing with the ten with the ten grand bond, but a short while into it, they upped to seventy five, and so I ended up having to have I would have had to pay more per month to the company right. I, I used for my bond. And uh, you know that's a lot of money. And, and I was just trying to get my feet wet in it. I wasn't generating a whole lot of revenue, and really, I just I walked away because I just I just didn't have. I couldn't afford to let the house sit, you know what I mean? I had to have uh, income coming in. That makes being sense. Being a broker, you're on the phone all day long. And as a, as just a company driver back then, uh, I couldn't afford to, you know, I had to drive, you know what I mean? I just couldn't sit by the phone all day. When yep, you, when you look sense. at that or when you're talking about doing this, uh, what maybe I'm ahead of your schedule a little bit, but what options are you thinking about for folks like maybe me? I'm just a one-carrier guy, you know? or one truck carrier? Well, there's a couple ways we're looking at this. One, providing the education to, one, help people become a broker. If, they, if they're in the right position so that they understand what it takes to get started, they understand the bond and all those costs. Providing education ongoing so brokers get better at what they do, just like we do for owner-operators with the CMC, and third, the big reason we want to do this together at the CMC is just to create that connection between brokers and owner operators. Yeah. So somebody in your situation, one truck carrier, um, if you already understand what the broker process is and it's just not going to work in your operation, then that's fine. You can come to the CMC and learn how to be a better carrier and make yeah. connections with really good brokers. The the ideal yeah owner-operator that really wants to learn the brokerage side of things would be somebody who already has really good connections with direct shippers. So they've, they've got yeah. these great you know, relationships with the shipper and the shipper keeps saying things like, you know, we love your service. I've got two or three more loads every week and, you know, we'd love it if you would move them. Well, if you can't, yeah. you could offer to broker them and say, hey, I have some friends who are really great owner operators. I'll I'll bring them in and we'll move this freight. That's the kind of person that oh, would yeah. benefit from that. But the idea yeah. of lane four and having the brokers there will benefit everybody just because of the interaction we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. I heard you talk about that your last little meeting you had was it down in Dallas or down in Texas or something where but one carrier there and a lot of brokers were there. You kind of, you know, you anyway, it was a good meeting for you. You talked about. But, Absolutely. Uh, hey, and, and one, the broadest of the idea of, you know, getting together with really good owner operators. Yeah. Hey, one last thing. Uh, you know, I had my authority now for just over a year. And I tell you, I love it. You know, I'm getting gotcha. the revenue. I'm not giving it. You know, I, I know you talk about this a lot here recently, you know, about you're getting to that time where, um, instead of leasing out with to somebody, you go out and make that. Yeah. If you can do it, go do that step yourself. It's easy to get into. The insurance is a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, for a new startup guy, I had to pay a little bit more for the insurance. But really, I recoup, you know, I get 100% of that load. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And, and like I say, it, it's all about timing. Five years ago, I wasn't pushing this. It worked for some people really well five years ago. I don't think it worked for a lot of people back then. 
things are changing, technology is changing, the market's changing, regulations are changing. And this is something I've put a lot of time and effort into and a lot of research and I've talked to a lot of people and the time is right. In fact, I think you were ahead of the curve. Doing it a year ago, I think it's a great idea and it's working for you. There's still lots of time. There's still, you can still be ahead of this curve that's coming and the CMC is going to be a big, big part of this. So right now, getting signed up for the CMC in 2017 has a ton of benefits. Sign up now on the payment plan. You're only going to spend about 100 bucks, and you're going to knock five to $600 off your tax bill because you get to deduct the entire cost this year, even though you're only paying about 100 bucks. The CMC is expanded. We are going to have a clear path to help you move into that authority move into being a broker if you want to do that. We're working on lane four and the the great connections we're going to make between brokers and owner operators at this event. So go to the website, letstruck.com. You can sign up for the CMC right there, or you can call us 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. That number, by the way, is good for any question you have for us. We have a tribe care team that is just awesome. You call that number, they will help you with whatever you need. And if they can't, we'll find a way. Let's go to Chicago. Mark, welcome to the program. Yeah, I don't have a Thanks for asking the call. Hey, quick question for you on a throttle position sensor on a 99 Volvo Detroit. Sometimes my my accelerator pedal will feel hard, and sometimes it'll feel like it's easy. Uh, on the scan gauge, I'm getting 97, but the engine is governed at 70. So how would I check that throttle position? Uh, I'm going to put you on hold because I'm getting a really high-pitched squealing noise from somewhere. Um you can check the throttle position sensor electrically for resistance, but that's a little hard to describe on the air. You might want to make sure that you're not getting just some resistance in the, the, the throttle linkage movement itself. I know we don't have linkage anymore, but the, the movement of the throttle separate from the, the pedal separate from the throttle position sensor. You know, if the throttle position sensor is original or, or you don't know when it was replaced, it's not that expensive and they do fail. So you may want to just replace that. Um, I'm not for just throwing parts at things, but that may be one that I might just do it and be done with it. No, I have a new one. Let's go to Tennessee. Tony, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Got a couple of questions uh, on the Bulletproof Coffee. I've uh, noticed that when I drink coffee, it seems to give me the side effects like I like I had when I was uh, having the acid reflux. Uh, okay. And I'm curious. I've, I've come up with a concoction. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but apple cider vinegar, uh, two tablespoons with a tablespoon of honey, uh, and then the the uh, butter and coconut oil. But I Interesting. Get the same for the you would. You would. Okay. The difference being, um, you'll get most of. In fact, you'll get the effects we're after. 
you'll get that energy from the fat because if you're in ketosis, that's why we drink Bulletproof coffee because we get our energy from fat. And this is an easy way to get fat into our diet without a lot of digestion and food going on. The only thing you're missing is the mental effects of the caffeine, which is no big deal. Um, if what you're doing is working and you like it, then yeah, apple cider vinegar is excellent for you. Honey has its own benefits. Now, I would, I would try to use local, raw, really high-quality honey. Um, but then the butter and the coconut oil in there, if you like the taste of it and it's working, yeah, that'd be excellent. Okay. Uh, second question, uh, oil analysis. I'm the one that's got the truck being, uh, having an engine dropped in and sit for about five years. Yeah. I got the oil analysis kits from, from your store and sent them up there, and he's sent them off. My question to you is, in order for you to be able to access them, what kind of information would I need to get from him so that we can discuss this on the show? Yeah, so all you do is call into the show, and the call screener, if it's during the week, it'll be Bridget. If it's on the weekend, it's Lisa. They will ask you usually for the account name that the oil sample was submitted under. And if they can't find it with that, there's a couple other things they can ask you. But they, if you've submitted it and you have the paperwork there, they'll be able to get access to the sample. They send the sample over to me, and then I bring you on the air and we go over it. So uh, pretty simple. Just call us and we'll be able to, to help you out. There's the music. That means I've got to get out of here. I'm all out of time. We will see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.